0: Baby,
1: Welcome to episode 112 of Bactical Therapy with Praga and Pee and a special guest for
2: you today Piyush, listen
1: हुआ एक skydiving
2: are you mad
1: or what skydiving का काम सहे अभी इसमें
2: अरे I was I, I got into this massive FOMO because I was like I was on Instagram and I was watching these videos and I got into this massive a- a FOMO दूध किसके videos देख तू खाने को छोड़ के तू skydiving वगैरह skydiving videos कबसे what's going on whose videos Dude, are you watching man this guy called साजिद चौगल okay and he does skydiving base jumping and wingsuit flying in wow. India, man. That's easy. I'm also getting a little bit of
1: Even after getting a little bit of a height, I'm getting a little bit of a
2: foam over. I feel like we can't get a height of fear. If we to about it, I feel like we can't a height of Why not, man? I would love to talk to a guy who actually does this
1: for, you know, in his day-to-day life, man. I would love to talk to this guy.
2: So let's call him up. Yep, let's do that. Hey, Brav. Hey, Sajid. Welcome uh, Welcome to our podcast. And uh, how would you introduce yourself, man? Yeah, you're you are asking the most basic question, but <laughs> it makes sense because we want our <laughs> listeners to know. Know what exactly we're
3: talking about. Right? Yeah, so. yeah like
1: who is Sajid, what does he do and, you know, how is changing the
3: world? Ah, oh, <laughs> one, one, one jump at a time. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Hi, my name is Sajid Chogle. Uh I live in Bombay. I'm an extreme aerial adventurer from India. And uh, that means I skydive, wingsuit fly, and base jump um, of buildings, mountains, windmills, whatever I find jumpable. (laughs) Uh, Just have fun in the sky. (laughs) that's that's
2: awesome that's very well put and and when we when you're not doing all of these amazing things in the sky what do you usually do yeah when you when you're (laughs) on land what do you do
3: (laughs) so I the, the, the way I put that is when I when I have to blend in society I tell people I designed I design educational products. I design uh, educational content, both offline and online that
0: that is so cool. for children. That is, so cool. that is like
1: going from one spectrum to the opposite spectrum, you know, doing, doing, you know, dangerous thing. Okay. I, I'm really, so, I'm, I'm apologizing. I'm saying it's dangerous. <laughs> and I told you before we started the podcast of why I am so excited to talk to you because I am shit scared of fights i have acrophobia <laughs> okay. and i cannot I, <laughs> I cannot even stand on a balcony and doing base jumping doing everything is for me is like bucket list but in a very yeah. weird sense that i i want to conquer my fears
3: yes about fear right uh, I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you my biggest fear in my life it's it's not being it's like living a complete life but not being able to you know achieve your dreams or missing out on something in life and realizing it much later when you're physically not able to do it. So basically the question is, what is that one thing you do that makes you feel more alive and more connected to your surroundings and which helps you find yourself while doing that? Right. And that's what that's what uh, aerial sports did to me. But right now, my biggest fear is walking on the streets of Bombay because... <laughs> I, I, like I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not ki- kidding. I just find it super scary, especially because there are so many factors that are not under your control, right? Like right. someone driving True. his car or bike and ramming into you, or like getting inside a train during rush hours and like hanging on to your dear life uh, while reaching from point A to point B. Yeah, I think that scares the shit out of me. Uh, I find skydiving and base jumping much more safer because there are like fewer elements that we, of course, we train for to be ready for in, in case something goes wrong. But it's it's a contained uh, environment. So we, you know your risks over there. Whereas on, on the street or while, or, or while ra- driving or traveling, uh, there are things which are not under your control.
2: Right. I think So it's like controlled yeah. environment versus a unforeseen, uncontrolled environment. That's like your like variables
1: basically. are less, you know, variables yeah. that you control, that you know, okay, fine. Uh, you have done exactly. all your checks. You, yeah. You're not dependent on someone else to make sure that he's not going to hit you with a yeah. car or a uh, bike.
3: Exactly, exactly. Hey, yeah. Coming
2: uh, to the point, uh, how, like, what would you say is an aerial extreme athlete? Man, that's such a broad spectrum oh, yeah. of things. Yeah. Like, what would yeah. you say are the main elements that go behind making an aerial extreme athlete
3: so uh, aerial sports can be broken down into uh, different categories uh, right. there, are, there are few that require uh, going through a free fall which means you don't have a canopy above you either right. a soft okay. canopy or a hard canopy okay. and then there are few where uh, there's no free fall so basically like a paraglider ah,
0: okay. um,
3: you your wing is already uh, inflated and you just take flight or, uh, or a hang glider, you know, things like those. Uh, in skydiving, there's free fall involved. In base jumping, there is free fall involved. Um, for me, the biggest uh, thrill, I think, is the whole aspect of exploration. Uh, not just jumping out of an airplane, you know, like, okay, that's fun, and that's also where we train in the sky, basically. But for yeah, like through base jumping, I get to see the world from a different perspective, you know, just finding my own mountains, uh, uh, hiking uh, up, not knowing if it's jumpable or not, uh, understanding whoa, the land whoa. area, understanding the climate of, of these uh, mountain regions because every mountain region has its own microclimate, right. the winds, uh, the winds, the clouds, uh, you know, like m- multiple factors. So you have to consider. It's like a small science project, basically. And you need to uh, first find out, figure out all the variables, ensure all the variables are uh, proper for you to make a good, a safe jump, basically.
0: Right. Uh, Makes
3: sense. So it's, uh, yeah, I think the way I look at it is uh, a field trip. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I I hope to make it a success every time.
2: So uh, you would say like, basically, like you were saying, you you love base jumping. You love wingsuit flying. And yeah. you love skydiving, right? And besides yes. besides these, do you do anything else, or Kuch in terms of skydiving? Like I saw your uh, other day you had done uh, this for Vijay Devas where you actually jumped out of a, a paramotor. paramotor.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah.
2: Whoa. That was amazing, man. Um,
3: so yeah, um, so this multi- so once you are into all these sports, you have tried different other things also, but also stay fit. So on the ground uh, I, I, I enjoy running. I enjoy uh, rock climbing, uh, and of course, rock rock climbing is something that also comes in handy while uh, doing base jumping because you have to reach certain uh, exits which are not accessible otherwise. So you may have to climb up. Oh, okay. uh, uh, I try to stay updated on with mountaineering as well because I know I'll be venturing out into the Himalayas soon, and I'll need these skills to nice. uh, stay in the mountains. Yeah. Um, there is slacklining of course which again is just helps you with your body conditioning and you know just staying in shape uh, helps you with focus uh, all those things um, so the paramotor jump i've like i've seen all my friends been they've been jumping in europe and in uh, mainly in brazil doing a lot of paramotor or paraglider jumps and in india although paragliding if if people talk about aerial sports they always associate uh, it with paragliding right. uh, and there was this there was i know this guy in bombay he runs a param, uh, paragliding and paramotoring school and i've been telling him hey you know what uh, let's figure out a jump you know because this will be something unique over here never been done before and of course not for the record or anything but just for the ex- like the, the yeah, whole excitement be- behind executing something cool uh never done before kind of a thing um so he be, i was pursuing him for almost a year and then one fine day in October, he's like, hey, Sajid, a friend of mine got this new machine. And I think that's much more suitable for the jump because like there were things such as, you know, the, you have to figure out the center of gravity while jumping so that the yeah. machine does not rock and the pilot isn't affected, all those things. Okay. And his machine was, uh, the CG was very well balanced, very cool machine. Uh, the pilot Vijay Sethi, he's from, he's from Pune, uh, a businessman and it's flying is his hobby as well uh nice. so we uh, he, he did research on my name I did some research on him and his machine and you know we're like let's let's make this happen uh, I just uh I, I didn't know the guy who was gonna film me but someone had recommended me uh his name and we got in touch and he's like sounds cool let's do this and one fine day we just went made two jumps and uh that was the first time we did and then uh the paramotoring community uh, uh you know of course knew or i read this guy has some skills you can execute a jump from the air so they uh pitched me to this uh the event that was happening in karad in maharashtra right. which was which vijay were celebrating the armed forces um and yeah that was that was actually fun for me that was the first time i jumped into a stadium so that was also pretty cool
1: i can completely imagine man. That, that was that, that was, was fantastic, fantastic, super cool, yeah. Man. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah so last year was uh, so many things which were like done first time
1: for me <laughs> so I think uh, how did the whole like, like I'm, I'm pretty sure something drives you to do this you know something that pushes you ki, okay, yeah. I want to do this I want to do that uh-huh. but how ye, like, yeah like where did it start kaha say you know uh, it's a very interesting question to me to understand key starting hua? Kahan, like what Drove you towards exactly this. like yeah. what, yes, what, yes. Kisne wo beach boy? I think that's the most <laughs> Hindi term that I can use. Yeah, is yeah,
3: no, I I know, I know, I keep getting that question. Um, I keep, I, I say, I keep getting that question because even my parents couldn't figure out what the heck happened to this guy, <laughs> uh, so that's where the story starts, right? Like, um, uh, I was, I actually. I was born in Bombay, but first seven years of my life, I grew up in Kuwait. Okay. Uh, my dad was working there and me, my brother, uh, mom, we were oh, like living with him. Um, and uh, so Kuwait was fun. It's it's a close society. You know, you just try to stick around your own people, yeah, uh, right. your, your own community kind of a thing. Uh, so there wasn't much exploration as such, you know, as a child. So all we could do was just watch cartoons and uh, just me and my brother playing in a society, having fun. But he was the more uh, notorious type of uh, <laughs> guys. I was, I was more, yeah, I was, I was more of the tinkerer, just working on my uh, science projects or you know, just uh, fun stuff that I enjoyed doing. Um, but we, I, I, my biggest adventure as a child was witnessing the Gulf War. So I don't know if you guys Whoa. saw the airlift. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I haven't seen the movie. I don't want to watch it because I feel it might dilute my memories. Um, So I went through that exact same story. Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, we drove. We were the last people, like the last lot that was about to leave Kuwait. Um, um, So we... And it was crazy, you know, like uh, I still remember everything uh, very clearly. Um, We drove from Kuwait to Jordan, uh, I mean, we were in a bus, and, and the bus would never stop. Like, even if you had to pee, the driver would just open the door. You have to stand on the, the door and just take a piss. A piss. Um, so they would stop, like, maybe in, I don't remember exactly how many days, but in a in five days or in a week, it would just stop twice or thrice. I remember twice only. So th- those were the two camps we stayed at. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, just yeah, so, good so it was...
3: It was pretty crazy because like when mom said, okay, guys, we're, and every day we are like, uh, we're listening to, listening and feeling the vibrations of Skadmiza is like a landing here and there close to our neighborhood. Um, and then there were soldiers coming in and, you know, checking our house and we had these realistic toy guns and they would like keep looking at them and like figuring out if it's real or what. Oh um, and uh, so mom is like, okay, guys, we need to leave, uh, pack your stuff um so i kept bringing all my toys um, i was like seven years old
0: yeah and
3: basically yeah second second grade so i'm like mom uh, uh put this in she's like no space mom put this in no space and that time i had these uh, uh thundercats figurines uh i had thundercats i had He-Man. yeah right. so i was like dude there's no space you we can just put like basic stuff some clothes and that's it uh and she's like okay we'll figure out the toys later we'll buy whatever later in india uh and so i had to leave everything over there uh i mean we had to leave everything over there right uh, yeah. at the airport i walked my mom hid her jewelry inside my shoes so i was walking on her jewelry because uh, she feared that the customs might just like take her stuff away yeah
0: for sure
3: uh, yeah, so that was yeah. I, I still remember walking with the jewelry under my uh, under under the sole of my feet. Um, then we moved back to India. We uh, dad started his whole business over here. Uh, it took us some time. I, I I got into the school pretty easily. My brother struggled a bit because he wasn't so keen on uh, studies as such. I mean, he's, right. he's a great practical learner but uh, he's like this whole studying thing is not my cup of tea and so my (laughs) my parents realized okay uh, uh, Sajid you know you are good you're scoring good marks, and you're enjoying your stuff so uh, you don't need you don't need too much of play time so my play time was very much calculated so so basically the whole thing was uh, you know somewhere um uh, somewhere these boundaries were set for me. Okay, Sajid, this is how your life should be. Uh, you should become an engineer and, you know, because you're good with science, maths, all those things. And you enjoy studies and you're good at creating stuff. So uh, the typical life story was set and I started walking on that path. Uh, I, I completed my master's in telecommunications in USA um from syracuse and then i got a job i graduated early got a job in philadelphia and that's where like so i moved to usa in 2007 and i went with this mindset that i'm gonna start exploring more over there you know in terms of uh in both my life and you know around my life Yeah.
0: yeah
3: and i mean the reason why it all happened or whatever happened the way it happened was because of the people that uh, I was hanging around with, you know, the community I was part of. Right. Um, and most of so Syracuse has this, uh, they have these ROTC schools, which basically are like the uh, precursors to your army, navy, marines oh. and all those. Oh, okay. uh, so many of my friends were from those backgrounds. And so they helped me, you know, uh, choose a particular sport, slowly get into these things. So it started very simple, started with running, uh, just basic fitness and all that and then although Syracuse is great for snow sports but that wasn't when I started that um, it all started living in Philadelphia so Philly was amazing you know like the whole experience it's like a big city but it's not as uh, crazy as New York and again New York gave me the whole Bombay vibes where <laughs> people well, it's very tough to connect with someone you know because yeah, everyone's yeah, in a true. rush just do their thing, get home, you know, spend time with their family. I don't blame them. And it's the same in Bombay also. But Philly gave me this really cool vibe of I could talk to someone, people just walking or sitting somewhere um, and, you know, just have meaningful conversations. Um, The other thing Philly gave me was like a beautiful um, running track, which over the weekends they would just shut the whole a 6 kilometer loop so you could run around it you could cycle you could do whatever wow uh, it gave me the uh, river and uh, that's where i started uh, dragon boat racing nice. uh, nice. boat racing i met some really cool people uh and and philadelphia the people the, the dragon boat team are the world champions or multiple times world champions right uh so their training was really crazy. My days were starting at like 4 a.m. because I wanted to do all of these things. You know, So I would cycle to work. I would go to the river first, get in, get on the dragon boat, train with these guys, get back on the cycle, go back to office, um, just do my thing and then cycle back. And uh, it was really fun because like, through cycling, again, I was meeting so many cool people. And most of the senior managers in my company used to cycle and come to work. So I was hanging out with these guys and all my colleagues were like, dude, oh, why are you hanging with them how do you hang out with them we also want to join in and i'm like yeah just start cycling (laughs) um so yeah just like uh, connecting with people learning from their experiences and then one day a guy in my office like hey have you tried skydiving and i'm like yeah i've done a tandem jump uh, in california he's like no 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 you have to you can get your license i'm like wait a minute why didn't they tell me that first and because I didn't know, I just went for the tandem jump, and I thought, right. okay, these guys are all professionals, and it's like a different kind of a training or whatever. Uh, and then I figured out, okay, which is, which is the closest place. So I started off at a really tiny drop zone uh, just outside Philadelphia. It was called uh, Keystone Skydiving Center, mm-hmm. and it was very, it was like a family. So basically, you, it wasn't like a business run kind of a thing, okay. uh, but very much just like uh you just felt like going home just hanging around with all those
0: guys
3: (laughs) and that's where it all started and then yeah that was the that was my first uh taste of sky um and then i just couldn't i couldn't give it up Uh, so because skydiving is such a sport it's it's expensive so you'll never be like there's a saying you'll never be a rich skydiver which is very true because you're constantly burning fuel right you're going up yeah. there jumping off yeah. the equipment so the equipment lasts like for many years you know it's not uh it's not it's it's like a one-time investment uh but still like paying for your jumps and all that can get expensive and that's why that also that, that's one reason why i slowly moved into base because uh, in base I'm, I'm i'm cutting off that whole uh, jet fuel thing you know yes uh, but of course, you need to skydive to train in the sky, like especially wingsuit flying and all these things. You can't do that in a wind tunnel. Actually, now you can in Sweden. Uh, but still, it's it's a it's a, a safer training environment than directly jumping off a cliff. Right. Okay. Um, so so yeah, the, this is how like you know a, a child who was whose life was planned and then suddenly he uh, finds this whole new world and uh, just starts exploring these things and then when i came i decided to move back to india in 2011 although i loved usa and i'm like mom dad you guys should come and you know start living here
0: that they're is. like nah
3: yeah. you more tied to a country and again the whole family thing family drama so i okay i'm like i'll i'll come back uh but i'm like uh, i'm coming back on one condition i'm going to uh, I won't let go of these things in my life and especially aerial extreme sports because my mom has never seen me jump in front of her. My dad has seen me skydive in front of him.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, so she doesn't understand, like she see my videos and all, but she doesn't understand the... Um, the, the intensity of these activities you know like it's it's life and death kind of a thing yeah true so i i try to explain it to her in a very light manner and you know just like jokingly and fun and all that uh but there are times when i i mean she always she fears that like oh shit you know this guy but she knows he's not going to do like he's going to do it in a safe way and he hangs around with good people so like many of my Friends who come to jump in India, they'll come and stay with us and things like that. So she knows, okay, this guy is in good company and not uh, doing it in a, in a wrong way, basically. So, I mean, after I moved back, she told me, her. she tells me like her biggest regret is, uh, is sending me to, or was sending me to USA. Oh, um,
0: really?
3: <laughs> yeah, because of this whole transformation, like, yeah, like yeah. where uh, obedient kid is now... Uh, <laughs> Crazy extreme adventure. Yeah, you opened uh,
1: up a new door for yourself, you know, and you're like, Okay, hold on, what is this? And I want to go there now. <laughs> exactly.
3: And and I, I you know, I think that's where a lot of people sadly don't realize there is this there is this opportunity out there. Um it's just waiting for you. You just need to open your mind, you know, like as Morpheus said in The Matrix, see <laughs> your mind.
1: Good one, man. Good and, one
3: that that needs to have more so right now like my my uh my neighbor from kuwait uh he when we moved to india they moved to usa so he is staying with us right. and he's, he's kind of uh, almost my dad's age around 80 and all um and he's like sergeant man you shouldn't have left usa you know it's you you were well settled there and everything was good and i'm like uncle i don't look at it that way you know i've created a whole new opportunity for for myself in india like Right now, if you ask people about uh, adventure sports or aerial adventure sports, and the first thing that someone would say or a young person would say is, Sajay Choghle. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm not boasting about it, but it is is—it is a fact. Yeah, it's yeah. oh, true. What, what's true, it's true, right? You cannot yeah. you're gonna change that. <laughs> and uh, that is not something I, I could have done uh, living in USA or, you know, um, just being in the telecommunications industry, yeah, I would have had my successes within that field, but I've just opened up a new world over
1: here. No, that's true, man. That, that's well said. Like, you know, uh, you brought up a very good point. You know, there's not much exposure towards aerial sports or, you know, about extreme sports, anything like that. Like, for example, if you get, you mentioned it, I think, initially as well, when you talk about aerial sports, people directly jump to paragliding, yeah. you know? And I think we have seen your videos. I'm pretty sure our listeners would go and see your videos as well. But how would you describe like for someone who's listening in to what is the difference between, you know, base jumping or paragliding or, you know, skydiving or
2: layman. Yeah, layman
1: terms, right? Like, how would you describe someone finds okay, fine, I want to do base jumping and but he doesn't know anything about it. How would you explain? Okay, you know what this is? This is what base jumping is.
3: Okay, so the the base for all these sports is uh, you need to get some sort of canopy time and when i say canopy time you either start off with paragliding or okay, with skydiving okay. living living in india the easiest way is paragliding the sport is regulated and it's cheaper over here um right. you just need a hill you need a paraglider and you just need to walk off the hill and take flight of course it's Uh, Paragliding is much more technical in terms of understanding the the, uh, variables like the winds, the thermals, uh, the way land is heating up, the the direction of the sun, all those things because uh, all this creates different uh, atmospheric conditions for you to take flight. Yeah, Uh, okay. And and one thing I, I would like to tell whoever is gonna pursue these is study the science behind these the physics behind these sports. Okay, don't just blindly go and uh, choose a vendor and just start flying because if you don't know the physics, you're gonna you're gonna either kill yourself, injure yourself, whatever. So many people just ignore uh, ignore the uh, the study of science or physics behind these activities, the way your parachute works, the way your uh, canopy flies, etc. Um, if you have the opportunity, the better start is skydiving. Uh, it's yeah. much, and, and both these boats have a different offering. Um, paragliding is much more slow in terms of, you know, you're just like studying the wind patterns, staying up, uh, staying uh, in the air, just flying, catching thermals, just going higher, coming down, whatever.
0: Yeah.
3: Skydiving is much more quicker. It's like one minute of free fall, open your canopy and ride down. And then, of course, there are different disciplines amongst both these. Like in paragliding, you can become an acro paraglider or you can be a long distance paraglider where you're just like sitting there for hours and just flying, flying, flying.
0: Um,
3: In skydiving, again, you can you can become a canopy pilot where you're just flying. All you do is just jump, open your parachute and like fly super fast, do uh, different maneuvers. Uh, And there's competition in both these both these sports. Um, so you need to figure out like i know many people who started off skydiving but they didn't enjoy that whole quick feeling so they got out of it uh, uh, again many paragliders who didn't the whole uh, slow voila, thing yeah. like, okay. se <laughs> so yeah. they got out of that so it depends what type of, uh, of personality you are and what you All enjoy right. more uh, so <laughs> both these are again their commercial activities base jumping is technically not like that commercialized because you need 200 to 300 skydives before you start base jumping right, okay. uh yeah also base is a so it's like everything gets thousand percent amplified because if one small thing goes wrong it's gonna have like such a big uh, ripple effect and so quickly because you don't have much time now yeah so yeah. Okay. you have to yeah, you have to be super alert, super aware, um, and, and just hope. I mean, not hope, but plan that these things don't happen. So, you know, the way you pack your canopy, uh, it starts from there. The people you, you are with, your your mindset uh, on the edge of the mountain. Uh, so you need to study a lot outside as well as inside your mind. What's happening? Right. Uh, in skydiving, if you do a small mistake, it's still okay you have a backup parachute in base jumping. You don't have a backup parachute. You just have one because it's safer that way actually. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Because if you have two over there, first of all, you don't have time to deploy the second one. And second, if you, even if you have the time, it it can get entangled in the first one. So, right.
2: Oh, okay. So it's rather safe, safer being just with one and not have a backup than you know, yes, yes, but again, it depends on the situation and like what height you are actually jumping from, right? Like, so the
3: highest yeah the highest uh, uh, base jumps are um, i mean the, it's uh, building wise it's Bur- burj khalifa yeah. and mountain wise it's uh, it's the fjords in in norway uh, uh, okay so they both are like mini skydives but still we would never in fact they would ban anyone who brings a skydiving rig you will always bring a base jumping rig and that's uh, what the training is about you know to right. see they are, as a, when you go as a student they evaluate your mental condition also ah okay
2: yeah, yeah. so Rick, you were saying the highest jumps thing right like uh, so have you have you ever done like burj khalifa or like the north prak prak bol let's not give the spoilers of part 2 man oh shit 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 i forgot completely happen we are doing a part 2 with Sajid oh we should keep all of this like exciting things for part 2 of Sajid's interview next Thursday, isn't it? Yep, yep. So guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you like our podcast, which I hope you do, don't forget to give us reviews on iTunes and Google Podcasts because more people can find us and listen to our amazing stories. See you next Thursday. Bye.